Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Have you ever had an incredibly horrific first date? Well, Lillian Prince has had a few, 10 to be exact. And thankfully, her decades worth of journals and our old Hotmail account overflowing with girl-you-won't-believe-this emails are here to tell you the you've-got-to-read-it-to-believe-it stories in this honest, hilarious, and heartfelt reflection of dating in her 20s. Lillian takes you along for a walk down her memory lane as she recalls 10 eye-opening moments, 10 red flags, and 10 of the worst dates she's ever been on. Whether he was short on cash or just shorter than he said in his profile, Lillian puts her comical spin and a real-world perspective on a not-so-funny time in most women's dating lives. With candid advice for any woman who feels the pressure from the proverbial almost 30 clock, 10 dates later is like curling up for a girl talk with your best friend while the guy you vow to never see again calls on the other line. Lillian Prince, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, hi, Lillian, and thank you for joining us. You know, um, I had a chance to read 
your book, and I read the whole book, and it was just such a delightful read. And um, I'm really proud of you because you were able to put that out there where a lot of people would have shied away. But the way you tell your story is just phenomenal. So tell us a little bit about (laughs) where you got the idea to just go ahead and share this with the world. Well, for one, I felt that I needed to be reimbursed for all the dates that I paid for. (laughs) But um, I really knew that there were a lot of women who had probably been through some of the same situations that I had been in, whether it was exactly the same or just having experienced some really bad dates with men. But a lot of times you don't like to talk about it because you're embarrassed, maybe feeling like you're the only one. So this is my time to just really share that and let women know you're not alone and we've all been there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's great, too, because um, you, you start at the beginning where everyone has this ideal. And they women mm-hmm. especially, they try to plan it all out. Guys are just oh. trying to figure it all out. And women are planning yeah. it all out, trying to make it all come to a happy ending. So tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about your dream and what you started out with. I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes, Um that women make, just having these grand plans and and most of the time comparing their life to something that they've seen on TV or something that an acquaintance has posted on social media and you believe that your life should pattern after that, um, not really realizing that people only post the highlight reel. And there's a lot that goes into these relationships and, you know, a, a lot of ups and downs. And so, um I know for myself, even as young as 18 or 19, when I left to go to college, I had it all planned. I was going to graduate by 21, and I was going to meet my husband at college, and we would get married somewhere around 23 or 24, and I just had all this mapped out, and none of it happened. And when it didn't happen, I began to panic, which led to all these awful dates which I really feel like could have been avoided because there were so many red flags along the way why none of this would have worked out. But I was so determined to meet this deadline that I was willing to just kind of deal with anything just to have that happily ever after. Well, you know, this one good thing when I read the book and um, the, the first chapter really led me to understand exactly where this was going because you you had your expectations beforehand. You talked about the things that attracted you to this person, the things that mm-hmm. went wrong, but then the lessons you learned, you know, mm-hmm. through that experience. So, you know, we, yeah. we get to see the growth as well. And this is something I think most women are missing. They just do what mm-hmm. they do at random, keep waiting for that Prince Charming to come along. But you really show the work. Yeah, yeah. There There was a lot that went into it. And not even so much for my now husband, but for myself. The book Mm -hmm. wasn't about the 10 guys that I talk about in the chapters. It was really about me and showing Mm. my growth and my process of learning what I deserved and what I wanted, um, what was reality versus what was just being posted, just all of those things that I don't think people really take into account when they just have their eyes on the prize. They don't really think about the process. Right, right. And, and you really whittle it down and you, you figured out what's most important for you in your life for who you are at that moment. And and that was the brilliant right. part about it. Um, so let me just ask a little bit. I mean, have you always been someone who could be as honest with yourself as you were in this book and being able to analyze as well and make some good decisions along the way? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have a book if I had this much sense when I was 20 years old. So, I mean, I think I was like most women, just kind of blindly going along, thinking that I had all of the answers, you know, um, and, and also just not having any real life experience. Like, life can humble you, and, and that will yeah. teach you what's important and, you know, is it really important that he's a good dresser or should you be worried about, you know, his his character, you know? So those right. are the sorts of things that you really have to start to put into perspective. But that only comes after, you know, I don't, I don't think there are a lot of 19 or 20-year-olds walking around um, being able to really understand what's important because they haven't experienced enough life, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, 
I, I was very impressed with the book because a lot of times when you hear someone tell their story, you're in this book and you're like, okay, yeah, hurry on, uh, hurry up. I think I know where <laughs> this is going or, you know, you, you want to push it forward, but you only gave enough to keep you on the edge of your seat and, and continue to tell mm-hmm. the story at a pace that was, um, I think it was really good for your first um, book. Um, I think you nailed it. As a matter of oh, fact, one of the things, I'm sorry, I, yes, um, I, I, I have talked to a, a number of people about this book, and, and this is the craziest thing. It reads to me like a, um, like a 10-week sitcom. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it really awesome. does. Yeah, and um, I see so much in it because of the fact is, is you stuck to the facts, and and there was a lesson in there, and as well as it was very, very entertaining. So, um, where did you get this gift to write like this? Well, I think um, as as long as I can remember, that is all I've ever wanted to be. I I have always wanted to write a book. I can remember being seven or eight years old and just writing stories and stapling papers together, pretending that I had written a book. So um, (laughs) I was determined that I was going to do this, but I truly believe you should only write about what you know about. And so um, I felt that I was an expert at bad dating. (laughs) And so I figured, (laughs) you know, this was a topic that most people enjoy. I don't think relationships, um, I, I I don't think the conversation of relationships will ever die because there's, um, it's just always evolving and, you know, people are growing up and the youngsters are getting into relationships now and everyone is in different phases of their relationships. So I think it will always be relevant. So I just thought it was a good topic. Um, and I was able to put a funny spin on some real life ex- experiences. Yeah. And um, interestingly enough, um, not all of the stories were funny. Uh, there were some no. funny parts to them, but also mm-hmm. um, you you were transparent enough to put it out there where I think in one of the stories in particular, there was nothing really wrong with the guy. It's just that the situation didn't go well, and right. you felt like it wasn't worth repairing at all. That I guess mm-hmm. that incident in itself was enough to tell you the direction you should be going. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, I think just being transparent and, um, again, because I didn't want this to be a male bashing book, I wanted Mm -hmm. to take ownership for um, some of the experiences and some of what was going on. Um, I didn't Mm -hmm. want this to be, you know, just men are bad and this is what they do. Because I think a lot of times, um, and I can only speak for myself, it's much easier to point the finger at what someone else is doing and not hold yourself accountable to say, well, how did I get in this situation? Like, I'm sure there was something I could have done, something I saw, a red flag that I ignored that would have warned me about what was about to happen. So, you know, I definitely wanted to be transparent and completely honest with my audience because I think that's the only way that people would truly re- relate to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I guess you've sort of become a dating guru now that your book was released <laughs> back in December, and I'm sure all yeah. of your girlfriends were already contacting you anyway and, you know, trying to help them to navigate this whole dating process. But um, tell us a little bit about some of the advice you've given and some of the things that you've encountered, you know, from other people that you've been able to help sort of go in the right direction and maybe even pull themselves out of a bad situation that they're just not seeing. You know, I I think honestly there are just some very just basic things that I think people overlook and um, sometimes we can complicate things um, that really don't have to be complicated. I, I like to tell anyone and, and even myself, I just take things at face value. If he doesn't mm-hmm. call, if he doesn't show up, if he's not present, then something is missing here. And I think a lot of times um, women can sometimes think that they need advice when really it's right in front of them. They just want to hear something different, but they don't want to just deal with the facts that are right at hand. Um, I think another major thing is just, just being patient. And that's a lot easier said, um, you know, coming from someone that, that's married now. And so I I have my happily ever, ever after. But I would tell any single woman, 
you know, to just relax and just um, give yourself some time to really make sure this is what you want and this is what you need. You know, you, you, you really have to go through some things and experience some things with your partner to make sure that this is a good fit. You know, everything is fun in the beginning and the honeymoon stage, but you're going to hit some real-life stuff, and you have to make sure that this is a person that you can weather the storm with. So um, I I don't even think it's really, like, complicated. You know, anytime someone comes to me for any advice, I keep it very, very basic. And once they lay out everything, most of the time it's just a simple question of, well, you know, Based on what you told me, what do you really believe is going on here? Not complicating it and trying to turn it into a situation that you want, but honestly just dealing with what's right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the truth about the matter. Is And that's why I mentioned the fantasy in the first place is because mm-hmm. when you keep reaching for that and trying to connect with it or finding things that will fit into those open puzzle pieces that you have, you, mm-hmm. you'll start to, you know, You'll make allowances. You'll, you'll start to compensate. And you'll turn yeah. the story to whatever you want it to be instead of dealing with the actual reality. Yeah, yeah. And um and, and some of these stories too, um, you know, it just reminded me and uh you know, I've heard it all before, you know, because dating has become a very, very complicated thing now because of the lack of communication with mm-hmm. people and, and especially that first date, I, I, you know, you have to get past um, all the formalities. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't get to real conversation, that first date isn't over yet. You may see that person mm-hmm. again, but you may still be on that first date. So are, exactly. are there some things that you started to understand that helped you to, to know that you needed to get to a certain point? Because a lot of the, t- stories that you tell, you sort of define the line and you knew when that date was over and you started working towards that at a, a, at a mm-hmm. given point. Yeah, I think at a, at a certain age, I was no longer afraid to say what I wanted. So I know when I was younger, if I would meet a guy and he would say that he wasn't really looking for anything serious, I would pretend that I wasn't looking for anything serious. As I got older, Um, more mature and more secure with myself, I wasn't afraid to say, okay, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. And it's not necessarily saying on the first date that I want to get married to you, but just saying, like, these are some of the goals that I have in mind. And let's just kind of make sure that we're on the same page so that we can can make sure that this is a good fit. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting as well because – I think women have a different thought process about finding that potential mate that would be the person that they would marry. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe that they, they look for certain qualities. They look for um, certain sense of security with man and Mm -hmm. a guy looks for, I'm not trying to put guys down or anything like that, but I (laughs) I know basically how we think for the most part, we're looking for an attractive woman that will, you know, that we're sexually attracted to as well, and that we would feel that this will be the one that would make me not want any other. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and it's almost as if that's enough. I mean, you don't need any more than that. Is that the one? She makes you feel like you want to turn in your player card? That must be the one, you know? <laughs> that's it. So, <laughs> And it's really funny because, you know, um, the last time I was in the dating game, for instance, I was divorced and now I'm single again. And I was mm-hmm. terrified. I was really <laughs> terrified that I'm back out there again in this world. It's so unfamiliar to me and has changed so much. And right. um, I didn't want to become the person that I remember that I was when I was out there, you know, in the dating game, bulletproof and just out there you know, having a good time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting that people who are not ready for a relationship can't communicate that effectively. And this is where I guess people get into this playing a game, so to speak, because women often tell a guy exactly what they're looking for as if they were giving them the script to a a screenplay that they just should, (laughs) you know, this is how you should act. 
Oh, exactly. yeah, okay. God, I can do time. that. And the guy says, either I ain't going to do that or I, I can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, interestingly, you know, interestingly enough, I think that you found a way to cut through all of that and to um, sort of highlight some of the things that everyone is overlooking in um, relationships and in communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, some of these characters I often wonder what happened to them because, <laughs> again, <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet, I bet. <laughs> uh, like the guy who had to keep his coat on. Boy, that was hard to read through. <laughs> I was like, wow, wow, what do you do, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I, I I heard about your book on Saturday, mm-hmm. um, and um, I read your reviews and started doing your, um, you know, the research on Sunday. And when I read the reviews, I said, I have to download this book and read it. So I went to Amazon <laughs> and, and put it on my Kindle and I just started mm-hmm. reading, and um, I uh, literally could not put it down oh, and, that's until awesome. till I got to that story about the guy who had to keep his coat on, and I had to take a break. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, maybe think about some things. So, and uh, <laughs> and if you if you guys have read this, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, you need to get the book and find out exactly what's going on because. <laughs> Uh, some of some of you guys out there might be guilty, so I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> a little little friendly um, help here, because you know it's interesting because what you said is this person did not know their situation, mm-hmm. and it's funny how when something is so bad that no one can approach you and talk to you about it, how right right you you don't know how to gauge the behavior around you. And and you'd mm-hmm. never know until that time where someone finally has to tell you in a way that really really hurts. Right. So, um, right. Yeah. And and certainly on a first date, I didn't think that would be appropriate, and I didn't think it would be well received. So you just kind of in a rock and a hard place, and just trying to figure out how do I just get through the rest of the night. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know if you want to share any one of these dates. Um, so that people can get an idea of um, what you experienced or how you would like to um, share them a little bit of the book. But what really got me is what people were saying about the book and how much they enjoyed it and, you know, Mm -hmm. how delighted they were with um, the way you told the story and um, how funny it was and just, you know, it it was just too much. I I just had to dive right in. (laughs) Yeah, the the response has been really amazing and I'm just so grateful I, I get so many emails from women um, just saying how much they they just felt like they were talking to their best friend and they could relate to so many of the stories and you know they too felt like they were rushing at some point and this is kind of helped them put things into perspective just kind of take a take a breather just slow down and everything will work itself out and as a matter of fact, you're on the you're a bestseller on Amazon in your category. Yes, I was a bestseller twice. Um, it actually debuted at number one, and then I believe it was about a month later, it was back at the number one spot. Wow, what did you yeah. think when you heard that? Oh, I, I was so happy. I I published the book on my birthday. Um, and I did that on purpose because I wanted to always remember this date, and this was the first time oh. that I published a book. And so it was just um, amazing when I got the first text um, when someone was telling me that, you know, your your book just hit number one. I, I couldn't believe it. So um, I'm just so grateful. I, I feel so, so blessed that so many people have responded so well to it and have just really in, enjoyed it and that it really – came across the way that I wanted it to. You know, I I knew that if my girlfriends read it, they would understand it because they know me and they know my voice, but I'm always delighted to hear from people who I don't really have a relationship with who are still able to um, feel like they know me after they read the book and they heard my voice and they got the humor. So it's it's just been really, really good. Yeah, it was very, very funny. Um, oh, awesome. <laughs> I, I, I said to myself, well, she's going to mention 
eventually. Yeah, and I used to do a little stand-up and this, that, and the other. Oh, but it, it wasn't over the top. No, it wasn't. But it was well done. The humor was, you know, it had, you know, the timing was built in. It was very good. And um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm really delighted with it. I'm telling you, it could be. Each episode, each see, I'm saying episodes already. Each chapter could be <laughs> an episode, Let's and it could run for ten weeks. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys from HBO, you know, you, 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 uh, give Lillian a call here now. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, and and I actually saw one of your interviews on on um, TV as well on YouTube. And um, it it was very good. So uh, you present well on camera, and um, I I don't know. So what's next for you? I know you have a blog, and um, are you doing book signings or what's going on? What's coming up for you? I I am doing some book signings. Um, um, I will be at the Brand Ambassadors event. I believe that is March the fourth in Waldorf, Maryland. Um, I'll be at Zill Salon. That'll be this Saturday in Upper Marlboro. Um, I believe it starts at 7 p.m. I'll be signing books there. And um, I was just invited back to do another segment on Good Morning Washington, so I'm really excited about that. So I've got some things that I've been working on, but I keep everything updated on my website, 10datesLater.com. So any media or book signings, you can always find the information there. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting too. Um, I, I, I was always the um, the relationship guru among my friends as well. So I think I can really appreciate your your um, your finesse in this. <laughs> but, but um, you know, I I was looking through some of your information too, and you have a blog called He Said She Said, or is it so He Say She book- Say? It was it was he say she say and that was a lot of fun. That's kind of when I really got started with writing. Um, I see. That that was about five or six years ago, and it was basically just a relationship blog where people would submit questions in, but you would get a male and a female perspective. I thought it was really important to mm. see the difference in how men and women think about the exact same situations. There's and and yeah. there were often times where it was just complete opposites. So um, I did that blog for about a year or two, and that kind of fizzed out a little bit. But now I'm doing Ask Lil, which can also be found on 10datesLater.com. And I've gotten some some really good questions in um, where I've been able to just give some advice, and I've posted it on my social media pages so we can kind of get some feedback in from other um, viewers and um it's it's been going really really well. So I try to post at least once a week, every, every Friday, and um, you know the the feedback has been really really good so far. Oh, that's great. That's great. And um, it, it's interesting because I I said he said, she said, because mm-hmm. I I had a similar concept as well. And I have to talk with you about that afterwards. Yeah, you, you'll be surprised. And when I saw that, I said, I wonder if this was about, and, and you just explained it. It was very, very similar to the things that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to do similarly to a game show where um, mm. people would talk yeah. about their dating experiences. And we would look at their communications. And we would look at the place where it all broke down, where the wheels fell off. <laughs> and look oh, at... Awesome. Yeah, what the guy thought when he said what he said, and then what the woman was thinking when she said what she said, but how it was perceived when that person heard it, you know? Mm -hmm. So when she said that, he thought this. So he responded saying Mm -hmm. that, you know what I mean? Back and forth, back and forth. But anyway, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that later. But um, yeah, I I wanted to do something like that actually out in the, um, the... you know, the open space, the dating space, maybe happy hour, maybe a busboys of poets or something like that, where people can actually get a chance to interact, intermingle, and then from there learn something about not only maybe what they're doing right or wrong, but as well as have a real dialogue about relationships with someone that they just met. Mm, that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be yeah. Yeah. The reason the reason why I haven't done it because I couldn't find a co-host. So I, I'm throwing it at Uh-oh. you. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, anyway, I I did want to ask you. I don't know if you want to share anything or how you you generally do this, but these stories are are just so great. And, I, and if you would tell one of them, and if you don't, that's fine. That's if you don't want to. <laughs> But if you could tell one of these stories, just so our listeners can get an idea of um, some of your experiences and how you portray them. Sure. Okay. So probably one of my favorite ones to tell, I believe this is chapter 26. It's either 25 or 26. And I was, um, I had already graduated from school and I started dating this younger guy and I was very hesitant to do so. But he was so handsome, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and I'm, and I'm going to give it a shot. So we went to dinner, and I remember talking to one of my girlfriends before we went and just telling her, you know, all about my reservations and that I wasn't going to order a lot of food. I wasn't sure where he worked and all of these things. I wanted to be considerate of, you know, whatever money he did have. So I remember mm-hmm. going to dinner, and – when the waiter first came around, I think I just ordered a, a water. And he was like, no, go ahead and get a drink. Trust me, everything is on me. Enjoy yourself. Relax. Just order what you want. So I believe he had, like, steak, and I ordered a pasta, and we had drinks. And then after we finished the first round, he said, no, let's go for round two. And then the bill came. And I could see him um, in my peripheral just kind of like fiddling around in his wallet. He wasn't reaching for anything plastic, so I knew where this was about to go. And um, he finally just murmured, I, I, don't, I don't have enough money. And I was like, what do you mean you don't have enough? And he said, I, I have um, 32. And I'm like, 30, $32? <laughs> like, I, I was so appalled because I mean we ordered drinks and again let me go back down the line he had steak he he ordered a steak I'm sure right. steak was fifty dollars mm. alone so that mm-hmm. was one of those things and again it was a, a clear reminder of just like red flags not really listening to my own intuition when I was hesitant to go and hesitant to order a lot but you know I got relaxed and I decided to do so anyway and I ended up paying for his steak, his drinks, and just about everything else that was ordered that night. So, yeah, that's that's just a taste of some of the the awful, awful dates, and that was probably more on the mild side for what else. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but even in that situation, though, um, let's say, for instance, that you guys did eat light as you had planned for and um, it was more of a milder date and you guys didn't spend too much money and let's just say it came pretty close to the $32 and maybe you had to give him you know a few dollars to make it all work yes absolutely (laughs) right so you pretty much saved yourself from um Mm -hmm. But you were reaching, and this is what most people do, I think. They they start reaching, and they start, you know, compensating. And I think that if you if you have a um, a goal, then it, it should have um, smaller goals to reach that goal. And mm-hmm. if you don't reach one of the smaller goals, you're never going to get to the larger goal. Then yeah. you definitely shouldn't try to go to the next level. Exactly. And and those are one of the things I think that people who are looking for that one, they're looking for a real relationship. There's really no point in mixing with, um, I don't know what these other dates are called, whether they're just something to do, entertainment, or, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what it is. But I, I think that you shouldn't be mixing those in. You ought to be honing it down to that mm-hmm. you know that yeah. one person so you have to stay in one lane so to speak instead of keep mm-hmm. you know broadening your horizons every time something doesn't go the way you want right right now let me ask a question um so 
I can tell by speaking with you, you were raised a certain way. You believe in yourself. You have a lot of um, self-pride, and um, you're very confident about what you want. And you allow yourself to make mistakes, and you feel um, good enough about yourself to know that you can push past these things. So tell us where, where you get that from. Definitely from my mother and father. Um, mm-hmm. My father, he he passed away when I was 19, but um, I believe he, he showed me the most about relationships, um, and definitely not through a conversation. My father was very old school, so we, we never sat down and had, like, a birds and a bees talk, but he definitely showed me um, just through the way that he loved my mother. And, and mm. showed me what was acceptable and what was required. And I think um, at a very young age, I didn't realize that's what he was doing. But as I got older and I and I started to date myself, there were some things that I just wouldn't stand for. I'm thinking my father would never do that. You know, my father would never not open a door or not hold my hand when we were walking, you know. So those are the things that, were instilled in me without me even knowing as a very, very young, young child. So, yeah, I, I definitely thank my mom and, and my dad for that. Yeah, yeah. Did you have brothers and sisters as well? Yes, I have um, two sisters, um, Sonia and Bonnie. I have a brother, Raymond. And um, I'm I'm the youngest, and there's a huge gap um, between my sister and myself. They are 10 years Um so I was the baby of the family, and um, our experiences growing up, I think, were very, very different. We always joke and say that by the time I came along, my parents were just tired. <laughs> so <laughs> I got away with a little bit more than uh, uh-huh. they did. But, um, yeah, just, you know, watching, even probably even watching the relationships that my sister and my brother were in also set the tone for what I would accept and what I would not accept. You know, not everything you see is something that you want to emulate. But it can also teach you, you know, what what you don't want. So, um, yeah, I'm just grateful for having such a tight-knit family who supports my dreams. They were all just so open and so proud when the book came out. And they've, they've been my number one supporter since, since day one. Not to mention yeah. my husband. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. My husband is number one. and that's awesome and you know that that was another great thing about the book too because it took you right up to that point where you're wondering is she ever going to find somebody and and Uh there it is and there it is and it's like vindication you know there she is she's nailed one down and and look at the way this relationship came together so you know that's at the very end so you guys are going to have to get the book to find out about that I would say it's a secret sauce but you know (laughs) yeah it's so funny when I first started writing the book my my vision for the book really wasn't to have the happily ever after at at the end I my my first envision was that it was going to be this like women's book where we just kind of understand that everything doesn't end with a white picket fence and everything doesn't end in a happily ever after and sometimes you just continue to date but your happily ever after can be um just found in 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 your career or some personal goals that you have and then along mm-hmm. the way before I finish the book um my husband and I reconnected Tim. And so it was funny because I really wanted to have that like moment with women um, where it just kind of felt like everything doesn't always work out the way that we plan, you know? And I thought that Mm -hmm. more women would be able to relate to that. But um, I've been blessed that they've still been receptive to the happily ever after. And, you know, that things did work out the way that I wanted them to, but I make it very clear that this was my idea of a happily ever after. It may not be yours. Yours may be something totally different. And that's what I don't want. And what I think a lot of women do, like I said in the beginning, we just kind of pattern ourselves after what we believe is supposed to happen instead of just dealing with our own reality. Yeah. Yeah. Get married and, have a wonderful husband. So, you know, but again, that was just my happily ever after. Yours might look totally different, you know? 
Yeah, but you know, you learn the process, and I think the process is something that can be, you know, handed off to that next person to help them to understand mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not that you're failing each time things don't go the way you would hope them to. It's a learning process as well, and it's also right. a shedding of the fantasy and dealing with the reality of what it's going to take to be a partner as well, because it's not all about that other person. It's about you and who you're prepared to be in order to be that mate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because at the end of the book, when that situation came up where you met this man who it was no doubt in your mind that he was only interested in you. All of those other things were not a part of the conversation. They were not a part of the scenario. You know what I mean? Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it was easy for you to recognize, even though some of the other things were not present, that this was the one. And um, yeah. I, I think that's what it's really all about. It's about people understanding, too, that a relationship is about two people. And it's not on any one person ever. It's always about each person putting in the effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you guys have been married for, is it a year yet? No, it'll be a year in May. Um, we got married oh. on May 7th, just this past summer. So we're, we're still oh. in our honeymoon phase. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So how long was the courtship? We dated for about two years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so we dated, I believe we were together for about a year and a half. A year, yeah, I believe it was a year and a half when he proposed, and then we planned the wedding for another year. Oh, okay. Awesome. So, Lillian, um, you're in demand now. Um, I I know (laughs) my Facebook page is going to start blowing up, and, you know, I got to have you on again soon, and next time we'll probably do a call in, make sure (laughs) that women can, you know, you know, sort of lay okay. their their um, their cares, their fears, their worries, and their their problems and situations on you, and and try to hear a little bit of clarity. Um, if oh, you're up for that, awesome. <laughs> I, I would love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can definitely set that up, and uh, and I'll be interesting to hear you know your responses as well. Um, one of the things I thought was very um, interesting too is. There was sort of like a panel for the dating game on that show, and um, <laughs> you were just pretty much tearing that thing apart by hearing the things that the guys were saying who were just acting, but they were saying things that, you know, guys would say, but you uh-huh. immediately cut to the chase and and saw something totally different. And I was wondering if yeah. you, you've been like that for a while, or was this part of the muscle you built in your dating process? This was definitely built. Again, I think if I had this all figured out years ago, we wouldn't even have a 10 dates later. But, you know, these are the sorts of things that you learn after you see it enough and then you hear it enough from your own girlfriends. You just kind of like, I think I've seen this before and I can kind of spot this one a mile away and you're able to identify what's really going on versus what people want you to think is going on. Yeah, yeah. And, um Another thing I think is often misconstrued too is um when when a when a man really cares about a woman um he may act a little goofy he may not be suave he may not be himself <laughs> but you know a lot for a lot of women that's a that's a flag and um th- they push away those guys pretty quickly so you know what's your take on that <laughs> well I think you know, and I I hate to say it, and I'm I, you know sometimes men do mature just a little bit slower than mm-hmm. women, and I um even when they're really interested in someone because it's something so different for them they don't even yeah. know how to present themselves, and I think exactly. it's, it's funny because if they were going to run game they would have all the lines figured out and what they were going to they were going to do, but when they're actually being genuine, I think that kind of throws them for a loop. And so they lose the, you know, all all the swag and they, just, yeah. you know, kind of present themselves in a way that, you know, some women have to be able to look a little bit past to see, well, maybe he is decent under this goofiness, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I think I, I was a goofy guy for a while. Okay. But, yeah, you know, I can go from one extreme to the other. Um, yeah. But, you know, my wife and I, when we met, um, we'd known each other for seven years. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even know her name. We worked together. And um, when I was going through my divorce, I finally um, got up to nerve to speak to her and have conversations with her and all of that. And mm-hmm. um, when we finally dated, totally by accident, it was just a ride home. <laughs> and next thing you know, four weeks later, we were engaged and five months later, we were married. So no, what? that story doesn't work out for many people and it just doesn't happen that way. But uh-huh. I just tell people that um, I think you get to the point where you know what you want, but more it's than true. that, you know what you need. And mm-hmm. when you find that thing, you really don't have to look anymore. There's no point in looking anymore. This you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, staying out there, trying to play it, whatever it is, only, you know, makes things um it it puts the relationship in itself at risk, you know. It does. And I yeah. and I didn't want to do that. And funny thing about it, neither did she. And um, here we are, uh, over fourteen years later. Awesome. And, awesome. Yeah. yeah and I, 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 after you, especially again, just with experience in life, when you know, you know, and there's just no need for any of the extra stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you know, Lillian, it, it's just been awesome. And I'm looking forward to um, hearing about um, your career in the future. We definitely want to have you back on. And, um, wow. you know, yeah. I want to make sure everyone has uh, your social media, your blog sites, your, your Twitter and all of that. So once you go ahead and give everyone that, as well as if there's any other place besides Amazon, you, you know, they can get your book, but um Go ahead and give them that info. So Twitter is 10 dates later. It's one zero dates later. Um, you can like, like, like the book on Facebook. That's also 10 dates later. Instagram is still 10 dates later. And my personal page is Mrs. Mitch to you. M R S M I T C H the number two and the letter U. Um, again, you can find uh, any information about book findings if you want to purchase books in person right on Amazon. I mean, I'm sorry, right on 10dateslater.com. You can also purchase the book on Amazon.com. And if you ever need to contact me um, for relationship advice, um, a book signing, a speaking engagement, you can email me at 10dateslater at gmail.com. Mm, that's awesome. And, you know, um <laughs> I'm pretty sure that we're going to see a lot more of you. As a matter of fact, um, thanks to Ben Harvey for um, putting you on the phone when he met you. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, it it was just, I I told him that you're going to be on today. He says, yeah, I saw that post. It was so quick. I said, yeah, man, but you just wouldn't believe the book. You really have to read it. And um, (laughs) it was something I just had to jump on just because of the fact that I can see someone whose career is sort of taken off, you know, we got you in the beginning. So. I'm glad that, you know, I had a chance to meet you and, um, you know, Likewise. you know, yeah, and being able to, you know, put this out there. And I tell you, everyone needs to read this book. It's not <laughs> a book just for women. It really mm-hmm. isn't. Um, guys, you really need to read this book. You need to understand it, especially of those, because a lot of guys, too, and, and this is something about guys, the guys who really want to get married, they can't tell the boys that they can't really tell the guys, you know, I think I'm ready, mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> that's not what the guys want. You know, I no, lost so many friends when I decided to, to marry. What was that? I think they will absolutely try to talk them out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My guy friends did the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. and um, they just couldn't believe it. They were like, you know, I thought you were going through a divorce. What are you doing now? What? what? You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. And then, and then I didn't hear from him anymore. You know, I had to I had to borrow some groomsmen. You know what I mean? So it was just. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's just funny the way these things, you know, play out. But um, 
you know, it's a very, very entertaining book. Uh, and I, I'm actually going to read it again. And um, awesome. I just, it, yeah, definitely, because it, it was just that good. And it's very easy read. And um, I think it was very informative. But this time, I'm really going to try to read it in a different light, because I was reading it because, you know, I, I wanted to get the feel for what these folks were, you know, really raving about. But now it's more that, you know, I can really dig deep into it as well and sort of analyze some of the passages and some of the things that I think I, you know, understood about some of the things that you've uncovered about dating. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so glad that you enjoyed the book. And thank you so, so much for having me on tonight. I really enjoyed myself. Oh, well, thank you for joining us. And I really appreciate it. I know it was short notice, but um, it was well worth it. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Lillian, and we hope to hear from you real soon. You definitely will. Thank you, Michael. Okay, Lillian. Bye-bye. If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to no more than just living size when brought out into the open. Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasurer, your enemies would love to steal away and use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you like you're crazy, not understanding what you've said at all or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? Is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for want of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Just listen. As someone who spends a great deal of time searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is, if you want the truth, you have to be prepared to release all judgment and be open enough to hear and accept the truth in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves against deception, but I've also come to realize that in most cases, you don't even have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be and see it for what it is. Maybe you have a story too. It doesn't have to be just like the one we've heard. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm here and I'm willing to listen. All I ask from you is a measure of truth. Today. Have you ever thought about today? What happened today? What's going to happen today? Important of today. Today you might not be
Wow, that was Jim Stones with today. And we've come to the end of another great show. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.